Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast, brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 460, recorded live on Saturday, April 30th, 2016. And here are your hosts, the man who got up early to record early this morning, Dave Play. Hi, hi. And the man who got up even earlier to buy a lawnmower, Andy Lowe. Hi. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so we talked about how I got a free lawnmower. Yeah. Took it in to get it checked out before yeah. using it. It was probably a good idea. Uh, they said it needs a new carburetor, which would be $275. And a new lawnmower is? 150 today, because we got to uh, the tractor supply company for their Saturday-only sale. <laughs> so it's pay, you know, $275 for a lawnmower that, you know, is old or pay $150 for a new lawnmower. Tough decision yep. on that one. Yeah. So what did you get? Uh, it was a lawnmower. I'm not sure. <laughs> when you, <laughs> what brand? Uh, what model? Uh, there's, Andy, there's a whole world of lawnmowers out there. Well, let's see if it's on their web page. No, I don't need your email. Uh, a Husky 3-in-1 push mower, 21 inches. Let's see if I can find this. Oh, Husky EE. Yep. 3-in-1, 159 cubic centimeter push mower. Yep. Quarter acre yards, which is ours, is smaller than that. Cool. Gas powered. Mm-hmm. Bagger included. Very nice. Very nice. How was it? How was it? Have you used it? You, I mean, you just got it. I literally got up this morning at seven something to okay. go to the store and buy it. It is still so in you'll, the box you'll find in my car. Later today. Yes. After we are done with recording, I will open said box, figure out how to put it together, and then maybe mow the lawn today. So Okay. Well, congratulations, sir. <laughs> I'm buying a lawnmower. I, I warned you. I believe I warned you. Lots of little hidden costs. I know, but the other lawnmower was free. Yes, but it didn't work. Well, cool. Andy got a lawnmower. I am in a, a slightly more chipper mood than I was last time, even though it is nine in the morning. <laughs> are you back on the are you back on the buzz? I'm back on the buzz. And oh, my God, it feels so good. I it's it was effective. I'll tell you that though. Monday was my first cup of coffee and one mug. I, I used to go through three travel mugs a day. The oh, travel geez. mug is twenty ounces, so I used to do three a day, and now I did one, and it kept me going from like um one to so eight in the morning until about six in the afternoon. Just to say it was highly effective. Mm, I, do, I don't doubt it. I should try giving it up, but granted, I'm now just with my one 15 ounces of coffee in the morning. Ugh. And normally like one can of Mountain Dew at lunch, and that's it. Okay, so that's not too bad. No, not too bad. What about on the weekends? Do you drink more Mountain Dew? Uh, yes. How much? Not much more, hopefully. Okay. <laughs> uh, right now, though, is a special time. Okay. Because Baja Blast was back in stores. Ah. Are you going to, like, stock up? I have three 12-packs in the basement. So that'll get you through the month. Well, I may or may not have to um, figure it out or not. Because... Figure what out, Andy? If, if I, you know, I need to... Uh... Evidently, I'm not the only one who is up early. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying Andy's, to find. I'm trying to find the webpage for it. It's do, oh, Andy's decision, decision, 2016. Sorry, decision, 2016. Yes. Uh what? 
Decision 2016 okay. is Mountain Dew's promotion going on right now. Yeah. Uh, whether or not... Two choices. Yes. It's it's another flavor competition. Yes, it's a flavor competition. Uh-huh. One of those is Pitch Black. The other is Baja Blast. The other is Baja Blast. Okay. So, you know, I have, I have to see what the current standings are. Uh, pitch Black is at 51%. God damn it. <sighs> Why? That tastes horrible. You can just vote on the website. I know. I'm voting right now. <laughs> God. I was all excited. I was like, oh, good. Yeah. Pitch Black tastes horrible. This will be no problem. Now it's up 51 to gar. Yeah, but like that's okay. In any case. Decision. Why would you even? Ah, oh, what? Nothing. What? It's a bad pun, and it's for branding. And ah, oh. see, I thought it was called democracy, but oh, that's even worse. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's decision. Just call it mountain. Don't <laughs> mountain. Don't. <laughs> So yeah, when Baja Blast comes out, then I kind of, you know, I'm skewed towards more Baja Blast than my normal Mountain Dew intake. Mm-hmm. Because it is only around for a short amount of time. And I was like, oh good, it's going to be but around more often now. But it's around every year. Yes, but trying to find it in the stores. Not that easy. Sure. <laughs> Meyer has it like in stock for like one week, maybe two, and then it's gone. Because okay. it sells out. So just find out when Meyer gets their shipment. The uh, pops are stocked independently. Meyer employees do not actually stock beverages. Yeah, but the Meyer general manager probably knows roughly when it's going to show up. Uh, no, they don't actually. Mm. I worked in grocery, Dave. <laughs> no, that's true. It was a long time ago, though. <laughs> yes, but I have a feeling the grocery stocking has not changed over the years. Probably not drastically. No, probably not. Oh, all right. Well, I guess I'll have to see if it ever shows up. If it does, then I'll have some more. But if not, I'll use this up and then go back to my regular Mountain Dew. Yeah. I actually I'm, tried. I'm I just tried. glad Livewire is all year round now. Mm-hmm. It's the one of the two Mountain Dews that I'll drink. That and what? Code Red? Baja Blast. Ah. But I just go to Taco Bell whenever I want that. True. But then you'd have to eat Taco Bell. Yeah, but I don't have a problem eating Taco Bell. Yes, I know it's like squirrel meat. But I, I, it's still tasty. True. So you want something random here? Uh, it would be thematically appropriate. Go for it. I'm looking at my desk. Yeah. And my previous setup, we had a folding table. Yeah. So the uh, I had my monitor on a stand, like an adjustable arm, and I had my microphone on a boom arm that was adjustable. Mm-hmm. Both of them clamp to the top part of the table with like a C-clamp. Okay. I'm looking at this desk... And there's a back, like, kick part that is flush with the back part of the top of the desk. And it is flush on both sides. Okay. I don't think I have anywhere to actually clamp down my monitor or my microphone. Ah. Time to get a monitor stand? Yeah, or I could see about getting a... Well, I'd, yeah, I'd have to get, like, another one or... Um, Andy. Get... Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts coffee is not working as well as do, I thought it was do going we need to. to. Do we need to move this? <laughs> like, no, it's silent sections. I'll just, early. I'll just remove the silent sections. It will sound okay. fine. Ah, it's true. We just need to pad it with like an extra five minutes <laughs> for those pauses where Andy just kind of loses his train of thought. <laughs> oh. I see like 
a literal trade where it's it's running out and like the the steam isn't pushing it anymore and so it's just starting to slow down more oh i was listening to a podcast and the guy was like yeah i lost my train of thought but it was engage anyway I missed something there. Engage is a scale of model train. Okay, so you say it was a it was a tiny thought. Yeah, model okay. gauge is a uh, scale one to one hundred and sixty. So where's n? N is the scale is for n is one to one hundred and sixty. Okay, oh, I'm I see. It's one one sixtieth. Yes. The distance between the rails is nine millimeters. If that gives you another scale. Yeah, that's that's probably a little help more helpful than saying one one sixtieth. Like, so I have to take 160 locomotives stack. So I have to take a locomotive and make it 160th the size. I forget it. Yeah, okay, yeah. So the distance between the rails is 9 millimeters. That one was a better, that's a better (laughs) gauge. That's a better gauge. gauge. Yeah, I was going to say, quite literally, a bullet train. Yep. This is my 9 millimeter. (laughs) End gauge. There's so many puns in there. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> okay. Try Sorry, I've completely, I've completely derailed the derailed. conversation. Oh, oh. <laughs> See, now I'm stuck in a loop trying to think of puns. I think it's time to uh, change tracks. <laughs> You're stuck in the loop? Yep. Like the L train? Yep, people mover. Yep. <laughs> I'm curious to actually see. Do you know that Detroit's doing another train, right? No, a commuter train down Woodward Avenue. I I was not familiar. Yeah, the M1 Rails, what they're calling it, Woodward Avenue Streetcar Project in Detroit. Oh, they're calling it the Q Line now. I do believe. Yeah, it's going to go up and down Woodward Avenue on the surface of the street. Okay, from Grand I, I Boulevard. Think about Detroit again and where everything is. I know Woodward is a big street. Yes. Goes uh, northwest, southeast. Yeah, from the river. Pretty much, yeah, from the river. And it goes northwest, and it goes for a while. But this train yeah, it looks goes like all it's all the way to Pontiac, right? Pretty much, yeah. Okay. I don't think the train's going to go all the no. way to Pontiac, though. It looks like the construction map. Here we go, construction map. Uh, goes to Grand Boulevard, which, let me see if I can give you an indication of where Grand Boulevard is. Grand Boulevard is right next to 94. Yes. Woodward, so it'll go from, like, the center of downtown out to 94. Yes. So really, it's just a way to park out near 94 and get downtown. Yes. Okay. Which they've had in our construction for a while. Yeah. But, um, it's not... It hasn't been a quick construction. No, it's Detroit. Yeah. I don't think there is such a thing as a quick construction. I guess you could take it to, like, the DIA, but the DIA is right there anyway. You could take it to the Opera House. Michigan Opera Theater? Yeah, that's down near the inside thing. You could take it down. It's close to America. where Comerica Park is yeah. and Ford Field. And the new, I can't believe they called it Little Caesars Arena. Where is that? That's the, because the, they're getting rid of Joe Lewis next year. Okay. So Mike Illich is building a new stadium closer to Comerica Park and Ford Field. Okay. And he's calling it the Little Caesars Arena. Ah, so it's going to be like just that little, that that will be the sports area. Yes, that right. was the Ford idea Field behind this, yeah. For football, Comerica Park for baseball, and then Little Caesars Arena. Yes, Little Caesars Arena. Will be hockey? Yes. And then the Pistons are just way the fuck out because they aren't actually in Detroit. Nope. Where do they play? Palace of Auburn Hills. Which is way the hell out of the city. Yep. 
Granted, the Silver Dome was way the hell outside of the city. Yeah, Palace of Auburn Hills. That is that is far away from everything else. That's as far away from Detroit as Ann Arbor. Yep. Wow. I don't know. I still can't believe they called it Little Caesars Arena. That's just... Well, what else are they going to... I mean, Domino's would also work because it's another Michigan company, but... But no, Mike Illich owns... Little Caesars. Little Caesars. Yeah, so... <sighs> I don't know. Oh, it's actually not going to be right next door to Comerica Park and Ford Field. It looks like it's actually going to be across the highway. Okay, but it's still going to be, like, right there. Yeah, it's still going to be right there. Um, which will be interesting. So baseball and football have a very small overlap. Yes. But there is an overlap. Yes. In, like, September, October. Is there an overlap? Baseball and hockey have an overlap. Yes. Because hockey playoffs are in April. Baseball starting up in April. Baseball playoffs are in October and now probably November, and hockey is up and running by that time. So hockey and football are going to have a pretty good overlap. And football and baseball have an overlap, and baseball and hockey have an overlap. So that area will be on all year. Yes. And for little bits during the year, it will be really bad. (laughs) Yes. Because the parking is going to be shared. Yes. Which is why there's now a train going in. Look at that. It all comes back around. That'll be a very busy spot. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, it looks like it's going to be on the it's gonna be on Woodward Avenue on the north side of 75. So, yeah, the train's going to go right right past the uh, Little Caesars Arena. Yeah. Okay, then. Should we hit a topic that's not somehow food and or sport related? I mean, we, we need to hit the bingo card. <laughs> right? Like, yes. That's, that's a thing. Okay, so uh, we can. We can talk about a lot of other things. Um... Star Trek. There is the lawsuit about the Star Trek movie. We talked about it because we laughed because the the fan based Star Trek. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And we laughed because uh, the the fan based movie had come back and said, "Well, uh, yeah, but the lawyers need to provide a detailed um, a detailed list of all of the copyright infringements. They can't just claim a global infringement." And the lawyers did. Oh, jeez. Right? We talked about that. We showed that. Well, the next piece of this is actually not focused on Star Trek. No. But it it involves Star Trek, and it's using Star Trek for a ruling that actually is really interesting, which is the Klingon language. (laughs) Can it be copyrighted? Can you copyright a language? (sighs) I'm going to say yes, because... Klingon language did not exist until one person invented it. You know, you you can't, you can't. But, well, but one person didn't. A small part of Klingon was created by Paramount. I, I swear, like, when it first came out, though, there wasn't any language, and then... Was it uh, two or three where they actually came up with the whole language? I think it was three. I don't know. So it's going to be an, an interesting result because, like, that's that's foundational. That's a very broad ruling. All right. Let's change this then. What, um... I, by the way, I don't actually disagree with you. I think definitely okay. the language can be copyrighted. I was going to say, because, like, you could create a computer language. Right. And that's... Like, C or Java can be copyrighted. Yeah. In fact, so... I think they are. <laughs> I, 
It's like, yeah, yeah, this language was entirely created by people. This was not an evolution of something. If if it kind of if the language kind of just evolved, then I have a feeling you know it, you but can't it copyright of, you know jive. I, I think it kind of did evolve, right? Like it it grew and people began studying Klingon and making Klingon. It, it didn't all come from the movies. It didn't all come from the show or from Paramount. I, I don't know. I have a feeling it all came from the show or Paramount. I I don't know. I feel like they're they're not going to have a good argument with this one. This one, I feel like they're going to I think they're going to lose this, especially because, you know, CBS lawyers, they do yep. this for a living. Yep. And I mean, they they are clearly willing to put in the research. Mhm. But it's a it's a very interesting question. Can you copyright a language? Can you and I create some sort of language and copyright it? Well, yes, because there's, you know, and in that case, is Elvish copywritten? I, I I I would bet so. I mean, for goodness sakes, the estate of Tolkien probably has that locked down. Mm-hmm. So, thought we'd uh, we'd start off on a more philosophical note before we start talking about all these companies and how much trouble they're in, or how much trouble we're in with uh, things like this Charter Time Warner. Yeah, uh, it got approved by so Com- Comkit by Tom Wheeler. No, no, no. So there was there was the Comcast. Comcast Time Warner, which got the Knicks. Yes. So then Charter went to go purchase Time Cor- Time Warner and Bright House Networks. Don't forget Bright House. Okay. Is um, Charter smaller than Time Warner? No, I think Char- Charter is bigger. Go, go, Google. Uh, U.S. Cable Services. Yeah, I have a feeling Charter is bigger than Time Warner. <laughs> Wow, that was fast. You go to Time Warner Cable Incorporated's Wikipedia page. It says parent charter communications. Which is funny because it is. it still hasn't been officially approved yet by the FCC. The DOJ came out. And said okay. And said. I'm pretty sure I saw that Tom Wheeler said it was okay. Yeah, well, he said he was going to pass it around at the next meeting for the approval process. Okay. So he's, he basically said it's all done. Yeah. They just need to actually officially sign the paperwork. It's going to get approved. Yeah. It's one of those things where Tom Wheeler goes, yeah, the DOJ approved it. All right, we're going to approve it also. But it's not actually done yet. But everybody's like, all right, it's done. So what's the result of this? Um, well, uh, the company is going to be called New Charter. New Charter? New Charter. Because that works so well for Coke. <laughs> They're going to have 19 million cable internet customers and 15 million cable TV subscribers. Just to put that in perspective, Comcast has 23 million uh, internet and 22.3 cable. Okay. So this is going to be clearly a number two. Yeah. But it's a lot closer than, you know, <laughs> Comcast just trying to make themselves even bigger. Oh my god, that would have been so bad. This is still going to be bad. Yes, but there are uh, conditions now as well. Yeah, because again, that worked so well last time. Andy, we've reported on how Comcast was abysmal at meeting the conditions. Yes, um, the FCC though has said that they are going to require an independent monitor to help ensure compliance with these and other conditions. Right, because again, that'll be so effective. No, they didn't have any monitoring of it. With the right, con- I, but I, I don't have faith or trust in the monitor. I don't know. I think they learned from the Comcast-NBC merger. I think they, hopefully they learned, which is why they're now having an independent monitor for the compliance. Mm-hmm. So um, there are conditions that they have to follow for seven years. 
Um, new charter will not be permitted to charge usage-based prices or impose data caps. They'll be prohibited from charging interconnection fees, including to online video providers, which deliver a large volume of internet data. So they can't charge Netflix a fee to connect to their networks. Um, they'll also be prevented from enacting video program terms that could harm online video distributors and protect them from retaliation. Okay. And they also must add 2 million customer locations in underserved areas with at least 1 million of those bringing choice to consumers who do not have it previously. So they're doing the the cheap internet to low-income houses. Right. At the cost of medium to high income. Yes. And I, I, I don't want to say that I have a problem with that because I'd be perfectly willing to like pay taxes for that sort of thing. Or, you know, just but, have your municipal create something. Right. Oh, wait, but, they can't do that. But if, if I were paying taxes, it's because I would know that it's going towards a program like that and not towards lining someone's pockets. Oh, Charter and Time Warner, which is now Charter. No, no, new Charter. <laughs> I can't wait for Charter Classic. <laughs> Bring back Charter Classic. It was so much better. It's, it's going to happen. Like, they're going to do something. New Charter? Why would you call your company new anything? I don't know. Should we, can we, can we rebrand to be the new RA podcast? Uh, since there was actually no difference between the new and the old, no. We'd have to do <laughs> new, something differently. New RA podcast, then... same as the old RA podcast. <laughs> I feel like this is actually kind of a good th- this this merger is a whole lot better than the Comcast merger because now you actually have somebody who's almost the same size as Comcast. So it's, instead no, of a, like but, a, but it doesn't matter because they don't compete anyway. True. Like yes, that would be true if they if they competed. It would mean that like one company could potentially really now uh, put up a challenge and they could do things that the other company was able to do that others weren't able to do because they were just too small and the first one had too much money. But they don't compete. No, no, they don't. Comcast uh, is looking to make a purchase. I don't think this is on our list of topics. Oh? Yep. So they lost out on buying Time Warner. Yes. And so uh, Charter just picked up Time Warner. But Comcast had all this cash that they were about to use to buy Time Warner. And so they decided they wanted to spend it on something. And so Comcast is purchasing DreamWorks. What? Comcast is purchasing DreamWorks. Comcast is purchasing DreamWorks DreamWorks. for $3.8 billion. Yes, Comcast owns Shrek and the Minions, which gives a whole new twist to the concept of the Minions. I, that's weird. It's for the amusement parks. Think about it. Who does Comcast own? Universal. Yep. So at Universal Studios, that's now, it, essentially, that was Universal and DreamWorks are now the same company. Yeah. They're both part of Comcast. I guess that's kind of like Disney buying Pixar way back when. I oh I don't know about this one. It's like what? Yeah, what, it feels dirty. What big DreamWorks movies have come out recently? Minions. What good DreamWorks movies have come out recently? Um, you know, I haven't seen Minions, so I can't make a value judgment on it. But I have seen the ridiculous amount of marketing and merchandising. That's probably what it is. is which the movie leads me okay. to believe that it was fairly popular. Oh, a list of DreamWorks picture films. All right, here we go for this year. Uh, not really anything. 
Most DreamWorks animation is different. For animated films, seem DreamWorks animations. All right. Penguins of Madagascar, Home, and Kung Fu Panda 3. So, Kung Fu Panda. Which actually grossed $504 million. How to Train Your Dragon. How to Train Your Dragon 2 was $621 million. Rise of the Guardians. $307 million. Shrek. $753 million. But I don't think they're going to do any more Shrek movies. They might have a hard time getting Mike Meyer. Yeah. Might. All right, here I mean, we go. They, up, they now up. have Comcast behind them, so... Yeah. Okay, upcoming movies. Trolls is going to be coming out. What the hell is that? It's based off of the, the toy, Trolls. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, Boss Baby, based off of the picture book. Sure. Uh, Captain Underpants. The Croods 2. Larkins. None of these sound familiar. And then How to Train Your Dragon 3. They made... Why? Why a third one? They they got a they got a it's going to be the closeout of the story arc. Uh I'm sorry. What is Shrek on now? 4. Okay. You sure they need to close out the story arc? Yes. Have they said they're going to close out the story arc? In December 2010, DreamWorks CEO Katzenberg confirmed that there would be a third film in the series. There are at least 3 chapters to that story. Ah, uh, right there. Yeah, right they, there. What did what what were those words? At least 3 chapters to the story. Okay. Last I checked, at least tends to imply that there's there's a potential for more than. Uh, okay. Although the series has taken different past of the book, Krista Cowell has revealed that the trilogy and the book series will have similar endings as an explanation as to why dragons are no more there there's a book yes there's a book i didn't know there was a book yes that's that's how they got the story it was based on a book yes is is the book have as adorable in animation as the movie yes i know that sounds very weird is it a picture book no it's it's there's a series of 12 books dave Ah, okay that's a lot of books yes first one was released in 2000 called hiccup the seasick viking and then it was how to train your dragon how to be a pirate how to speak dragonese how to cheat a dragon's curse on and on and on so there have been 12 books so far the next time rare book should be out soon June. It's the final one. League of Dragons. Yeah, it's the it's the final. Okay. Temerary book. The uh, newest Iron Druid book came out. I still got to read that one. Iron Druid sounds kind of weird. You remember that that book crow right from the book club? Uh which one? One where it's a, a Irish Druid living in modern times and all the you know. I don't believe I read that one. The, all the gods are real. I, I do not believe that I read that one. Oh. I did finish red shirts, all three codas. Oh, good. I can't tell if there's a squirrel or something else in our neighbor's yard digging. Oh, yeah, but it's a squirrel. Squirrel. <laughs> uh, back to topic, Sandy. Yes. So that was that was Comcast and Time Warner and something that was terrible for all of us. Uh, not Comcast, Charter. Sorry. Tom, yes. Comcast would have been even worse. Uh, what, what does Amazon have going against them? The FTC, uh, there was a lawsuit filed against Amazon back in 2014 yep. about the in-app purchases. Okay. Um, so the FTC was suing Amazon, saying that the, uh, the lack of restrictions over what can be bought by users has led to huge bills racked up by children who don't get you know, in-app purchases. Right. So the FTC was looking for full refunds for all the cu- uh, customers affected. So that was uh, 2014 when it was filed. And finally... A judge has ruled that the online retailer is liable for a series of unauthorized payments. Hmm. So it took about two years for a judge to say, okay, yeah, no, they're actually liable. 
that who's liable? Amazon, Amazon is liable for the, the in-app payments. So now Amazon and the FTC must now submit information regarding the money owed to consumers and damages will be awarded on that basis. And just to give you some, the FTC has already done this twice, yep. once with Google, once with Apple. And Amazon thought they'd be different? I guess so. Okay. But we're not Apple and not Google. No, you're Amazon. <laughs> yeah. You also have an app store that has, in-app, has apps that have in-app purchases. You have to play by the rules. Yes. Uh, Apple paid out $32.5 million. Google paid out $19 million. So Amazon will pay like $5 million? Uh, the FTC claimed, up it, uh, claimed it added up to around $86 million for Amazon. Holy shit! Yeah. There's, there's no way. There's no way it is twice as much as Apple. Well, that's... That's what the FTC says it was, so we'll find out how much the... the this, is, this is what they're now submitting, is they're trying to figure out what the actual dollar amount is going to be. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, but the FTC said $86 million. Yeah, but we, we only know what the payouts were from Google and Apple. We don't yeah. know what the FTC submitted the numbers for. I'd have to look that up, and I'd... <laughs> that'll take some digging. Yep. So what I need you to do, start digging I, through FTC rulings. How about I mow the lawn instead? Or mow your lawn. <laughs> I was going to mow my lawn, but it's cold and wet and rainy out. So Wisconsin hasn't decided if it's spring yet. We had a week where it was summer last weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same thing here. I, I think it's back to like early spring, but early spring is not a pleasant spring. Well, I ooh, it's supposed to rain. What is the... Ooh, that's a lot of rain. Maybe not going to be mowing your lawn today? Probably not going to be mowing the lawn today. A lot of rain. That is a lot of rain. Let's turn on the storm tracker. Where's the storm tracker? Storm tracks. Here we go. Animate the map. Looks like one hour, two hours. It's probably going to hit us between two and three hours from now. Okay. So, I don't know. Because i got to do stuff for mom's birthday tomorrow. And then I've got a conference to go to Monday and Tuesday. So the nearest I'd be able to get to it is like Wednesday. Or Kate could also mow the lawn. Yes, that is true. <laughs> you you do not have to be the one to mow the lawn. That is true. So, oh, we could have actually gone to a Comcast topic. Go for it. Do it now. Comcast is raising their data caps. Really? They're, yes, they're, they're raising their data caps. Okay. And the cost? I mean, they still have data caps, which is yes. still a terrible thing. Yes. But the data caps are going to go from 300 gigabytes per month to a terabyte per month. Okay. So, um, you know, after you hit the data cap, you can actually buy the unlimited data. Um, that has gone up. You used to be able to pay an extra 30 to $35 a month to get unlimited data. Mm-hmm. Now it's $50. Yeah. But if you're if you're doing over a terabyte of data a month, all right, damn. Andy, it's time for calculations. If I'm streaming Netflix to two machines, how much is that to get to a terabyte? Estimate your web u- data usage. All right, here we go. HD full uh, length video that caps out at 500 hours per month is 535 gigabytes. I don't know if that's. Keep in mind, this is like if, if you're. It depends on who you're looking at for that data usage calculation. Uh, Netflix says, okay, watching movies or TV shows on Netflix uses about one gigabyte of data per hour for each stream of standard definition video, and up to three gigabytes per hour for HD video. Okay, so three gig an hour. Yes, and we have a thousand gigs to work so with. Three hundred hours. Three hundred and thirty-three hours. Sure, but that's for one person. Yes. So for two people, you're looking at a hundred. 
167 hours is okay. I mean, so so two people could watch eight hours of high definition a day for 20 days. <laughs> That's literally you'd come home, turn on the TV, turn on the TV, watch it until bed, <laughs> watch it until you go to bed. For twenty days, two people, yep, not two just people one, doing but two. That. Yep. So it's that, that's a lot of data. Yes. Um, of course, if I go and look at what I just downloaded, how much is this folder? Oh, it's only twenty gigabytes. That's nothing. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> did you just say it's only twenty gigabytes? That's nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's sitting on a drive that is uh, how big is that computer? That drive that is the D drive. It's sitting on a th- 2.75 terabyte hard drive. Oh, jeez. So, yeah, it's nothing. <laughs> Let's see how much we used last month. Because we actually just got our AT&T bill. Ta-da. Reports. Come on, reports. Reports. No, I don't want charges. I want to actually have you tell me how much data I have used. Usage reports. There we go. It's a separate report. That's... The, what the... F- you doing okay over there? My billing and usage report does not actually tell me that my usage. <laughs> uh, it's not the most effective usage report. All this usage report has told me what my total account charges have been. That is not helpful. I am disappointed by this because I know there's a data cap on my account, so you should be able to, you know, to tell me how much you've used. Yes. Log into your my AT and T account to find helpful tools to view your data usage. <laughs> okay, this is dumb. Well, then perhaps we should drop it and move on? Yes. Okay. Let's. Apple. Yeah, that was actually surprising. Apple's stock dropped. That's not surprising. 8%. That's not surprising. No? No. Apple's stock, do you know why it dropped? Because they didn't reach their estimated numbers that, whoa, that they, do they make the estimated The market estimates the predictions. So they didn't reach the market estimates. Right. They underperformed. Yes. Significantly. They sold, what, uh, 61.1 million less iPhones than last year. Yep. So they had a decline in sales, and it was a much steeper decline than anything anyone guessed was going to happen. And so the market reacted and said, oh, well, that sucks. And Apple stock took an 8% dip. When was the iPhone 6 released? Um, iPhone 6 release date was September 19th. Okay, so we still haven't hit the iPhone 6 numbers yet for previous year. Right. Huh. But yeah, Apple's uh, in in one day, 104 down to 96. Um, but yeah, if you look at like the last five years of Apple, there's a, a distinctive trend in the last, oh, call it year and a half or so. Oh, iPads are also down. Ninth time in a row that Apple tablets have dropped from the previous year. Yeah, because no one's buying them. Apple nope. is falling behind in the tablet zone. Tablets, the Apple Watch was not really that great. <laughs> What's the last innovative thing Apple did? The iPhone? Oh, the iPad, actually. I'll, I'll give them that it was innovative. But they've shifted their thinking about the iPad. They made compromises, and they started to go after Google and Microsoft. Well, also, the, the fact that the China market is now pretty much saturated. Mm-hmm. That, there was nobody there, so then everybody bought phones, so those numbers are great, but now you're not going to get a repeat of those numbers ever. Next biggest market is India, but nobody's going to have the money to buy an or iPhone. they already in- have it. Like, it, there's 
they they are reaching market saturation now. iPhones have a planned obsolescence. They are designed to fail after about two years because they want you to buy the next one. But even so, like people are just gonna buy alternatives. Well, I was looking actually this up about India. Yep. The average cell phone price bought is one hundred and fifty dollars. It is very cheap. Is that with or without subsidies? Oh, that's without subsidies because you have to buy them um, from markets and not from the carriers. Okay. So that's, you know, just the, <laughs> the average price for a cell phone in India is $150 out of your pocket. Nobody there, well, okay, a majority of people there who are going to get cell phones are not going to spend the $350 for the cheapest iPhone. Averages are dangerous. That That's what I would say. Averages are dangerous, yes, but you have a... The average is from, what, 16.2 million people or something like that in India? Right, but averages are dangerous when you take a population. They do not give you a good measure of distribution. They do not give you a good measure of where people are. Think about a bimodal distribution. You, you know what a bimodal is? It's when there's two hills. Yeah. So think about a bimodal distribution. Think about a normal distribution first. Okay. Right? So you've got the average right there at that hump. Now take, a bimodal, take that normal and split it into bimodal. So take that one hill, split it into two going in either direction, and think about what happens to the average as those two hills move further and further and further apart from each other. What happens to the average? Goes down. Nope. No. If the two hills are moving further apart, one's going up, one's going down, the average doesn't move. True. But, those are vastly different populations. Yes, but the, the, the there's going to be a minimum cost on a cell phone. Yeah, but so it's that, not going to be very much. That one is not going to move. You're not going to get a cell phone but, for but a dollar. But it will move. It will move down. Like, it goes not for a dollar, but you can probably get a burner phone for 15 Cell phones, not smartphones. I still think the Apple iPhone is too expensive for India. I think it's too expensive for a lot of people in <laughs> India. Well, yeah, but Apple's but looking towards the next big market to, to, to basically keep their iPhone 6 and China numbers up. Yep. And that well, next, the only biggest market still available... Brazil. Well, yeah, Brazil. Europe. No, not Europe. Europe's already got iPhones. Mm. I don't know. I... Granted, I love how they still made what was their revenue? Uh, a lot of money, forty-one and forty-three billion. So we're still talking, you know, billions of dollars in sales. Mm-hmm. And they've got well, how much cash do they have on hand? Two hundred and thirty-three billion dollars in cash on hand. Mm. They have more money than some small countries. Yeah, it's more than the GDP in, of Portugal. In cash. So yes, the, the the numbers are down, but they got they have some time. $233 billion in cash that they could dip into if they needed to. Yeah. And let's let's be clear. They're still making money. Yes. They didn't make as much money as people thought they were going to make, but they are still making money. Mm-hmm. So tell me about Intel and the 3.5 millimeter jack. Remember we had talked about... Standard audio jack for everything, everywhere. Yeah. Remember how we talked about Apple was thinking about removing the headphone jack and replacing it with a different connector? Yeah. And we left because it's the standard audio jack for everything, everywhere. Intel is also thinking about removing the 3.5 millimeter jack and replacing it with USB type C. The standard audio jack for everything, everywhere. Why? (sighs) 
because the 3.5 millimeter jack is, is smaller than the headphone jack. You mean the Type-C is smaller? Yes, the Type-C is smaller than the headphone jack. Okay. And the Type-C, turns out, actually two of the pins can handle analog audio. S- pin SBU1 and pin SBU2 can be used for analog signals. Hmm. Granted, that's just two pins. And, you know, your headphone jack has three. Granted, probably there's probably a pin for grounding. Yeah. So the ground doesn't need to be in analog. No. It ground doesn't care. Ground. It's ground is ground. Yeah. yeah. So, you, I mean, left, right, ground. Done. So let's see. Connector pinouts. Yeah, pin A1 is ground. How many pins are there on USB-C? Da-da-da. Looks like uh, 12 A pins. And, oh, because, yeah, because it's flipped. So, you, yeah, there's 12 pins. Jeez. Didn't USB itself have four? Yes. It says 12. Well, so if it is an analog signal along those two pins, then you could make a USB to 3.5 millimeter jack. Yes, adapter. Yeah. Without breaking a sweat. But granted, you'd lose that USB thing for everything else. Yes and no. Yeah, you can make an adapter so you could have a kind of like could, a Y. Yeah, so you you send the audio signals out and split to, all the, the other digital port, signals. And, yeah. yeah, and take all the digital signals to another USB C. So Andy, <laughs> there's a there's a potential market here if you can make it a really small converter so that it fits essentially snugly around the audio jack. The problem is, though, the fact that the um, you still need the depth of the 3.5 millimeters to plug yeah. into. Yeah. So, yeah, you're going to need at least, what, a quarter of an inch depth at least? Well, but it, the, the audio jack wouldn't need to go into the port. No, but you need to somehow stick the port. You need to somehow stick the jack into something. Yeah. So that's where the problem's going to be is this, well, your adapters. So, so I'm looking at my USB micro cable, mm-hmm. right? And the actual micro part that goes into the phone is smaller than an audio jack, which I have in front of me as well. Mm-hmm. But the shielding that is immediately behind it is thicker and longer than the audio jack. Mine is not. But, like, that's all you need. This is, I think, from the fire, the Kindle Maybe. fire. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. It It is possible. And then, you know, once... Let me plug that actually back into the headphones. Um, it It's easily able to be done. And then people are just going to start making digital headphones or Bluetooth headphones, that sort of thing. USB audio headsets rather than analog audio headsets. It's... <laughs> It's not going to be a hard transition to do. Adapters are going to be simple and easy to make. I'm sending you a picture. A picture of what? Audio jack versus the USB cable. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay, I get you. So you'd have the the USB cable, and then you'd have a a thing off to the side that you would plug the thing into. I get you. And like, if you look at that, that shielding, it is thicker and longer than the jack. Yeah, okay, I get you. I get you, I get you, I get you. So, yeah, that's probably going to happen. Yep, I expect that. That mm-hmm. will be a thing. Uh, all right, what else? we got to be getting near the end. Yeah, um, the FCC announced how much Spectrum they're planning on clearing in the auction, and it's their highest number that they predicted. Okay. So... We don't know what TV stations have decided to, you know, decide to go off the air, or decide to move or whatever, but it is at the top end of what the FCC had planned for. So... There's probably a lot of people active in this auction. Granted, we won't know about it until the whole, you know, Ford auction is done like six months from now. Then, you know, finally they'll announce all this stuff. But yeah, the, <laughs> the FCC hit their top goal. Good for them. So 
We'll see what uh, what people stay on the air and what people move. Yep. Um, Vivendi bought some more Ubisoft stock. Okay, good for them. Nintendo's new console is supposed to come out next year. Next year, March. Okay, so we'll find out a lot more about it at E3 this year. No, maybe. you won't. Nope, nope, not. I just saw that. <laughs> no, uh, you, yeah, you, you spoke a little too early. Just a half second too early. Nintendo will not show it at E3. Um, interesting. That's a. So they want to release it March of next year. Mm-hmm. They don't want to show it at E3. Nope. Where would they like to get their publicity from? I don't know, especially since, you know, it's too late for the holiday season. Yeah. It's like March, really. March of next year. March. That's... I mean, all that does is give Sony time to get the PS4.5 out by November of next year, let alone potentially having it out by November of this year. Yeah. If Sony... I mean, this this feels like a bad idea for Nintendo all around. If Sony can get the 4.5 out by November of this year, everyone who doesn't have a PS4 is going to... And many people who do are going to look at it seriously and say, well, well maybe. And then Nintendo... Comes comes out six months later say hey look we have a new console everyone's gonna be like uh no yeah i did. <laughs> i was like oh good they're gonna probably say something at e3 then i looked down oh no they're not gonna say anything at e3 why are they not gonna say anything at e3 that just seems like this, yeah. this whole thing just seems bad from back to front nintendo has not made the Best marketing decisions since the Wii came out no they they printed their money and they're like oh this is great Nintendo then, yeah. is making some silly choices. I mean, that's that's how it appears from here. We should clarify, neither Andy nor myself are analysts in this business. We don't have all the details. Nintendo could be making the best decision for Nintendo, because maybe the other decisions are terrible. But it just does not feel like a good decision. No, no, it does not. I don't see this working well for them. Uh, Ford, Google, Volvo, Lyft, and Uber have all gotten together to create a self-driving car coalition. Uber and Lyft? Uber and Lyft are working together with Ford and Volvo and Google for a self-driving coalition to work with lawmakers. So they just created a lobby group. Right. But why, like, Ford and Volvo, I could see getting behind it because they get to sell their cars. Mm-hmm. Uber and Lyft, why do they want self-driving cars? Because then they can charge money. And not have to pay for a driver. Yes. It would be an automated taxi service. Yes. I see. Uber could cut out their major cost. Just like that. Yep. Uh, YouTube is going to be playing six seconds ads in front of some videos that are entirely not skippable. Yeah. Granted, it's six don't seconds. do that already. Well, they have non-skippable videos, but then these, they're, you know, like the longer ones. These are just short little six-second things to play before videos instead. Okay. So they're trying that out. Steam, uh, uh, total sales are up, individual sales are down. Yes. Which, I mean, that does not surprise me. There are more things on Steam. Yeah. And most of them are not doing as well as they used to. Yeah, but that's because total sales are up. Individual sales are down. There's more things to split the sales. Yeah. What else we got? What else we got? Flash lost their director? Yeah, the Flash movie. Uh, the, the director and writer split with the rest of the movie. Said, creative differences. I'm not enjoying this. I'm out of here. <laughs> 
right after Batman Superman. Great. Yeah, that's oh. fine. The Flash TV show is amazing, and I like it. Still need to catch up on that one. Yep. Granted, Civil War comes out in, what, two weeks? Yep. Actually, one week, yeah. Have tickets already. Yeah, we got ours already, too. We're going on Monday. Good. We're going opening night. Yeah, those tickets were sold out. Yep. My friend, uh, whenever there's a, a major movie like that, goes and buys a block of 20 tickets. And then just sells them to people? Uh, at cost. Oh, okay. He, says, he, he turns to his group of friends and says, I have 20 tickets. Who would like to come to the movie? That's not bad. Yeah, because then he can just get... Uh, and the, the theater out here does reserve seating. Ah. So he just, like, buys a row of tickets. Smart man. SpaceX wants to go to Mars. As we early got, as twenty, we got someone into space. Now they want to go to Mars. They haven't even gotten someone into space. No. Just to clarify that, SpaceX has gotten ships into space, but not people. Well, they don't want to try and put people to Mars yet. This is just sending something to oh, Mars. They, they by want to send something to. Okay, so they want a Pathfinder. Yeah. Okay. Uh, good for them. Hey, this will be the first private company to send something to another planet. Yep. But we also just pointed out that Apple, a private company, has more money than some governments. <laughs> true. Very true. So, you know, whatever. Uh, Cortana in Windows Search. Windows just protected the Windows 10 experience with Cortana, which oh. is to say... Uh, historically, you were able to take Cortana and repurpose it to search other things like Google okay. so that it was an effective search. Yep. Uh, Microsoft has locked it down. Oh. You can only search Bing. You can only search Microsoft Edge. Oh. Using Cortana, you can still use other things for Windows 10, but Cortana will only search Bing on Microsoft Edge. Fun fact, I actually finally ran into somebody who had a Windows phone. Whoa. I know. They exist? I know. He, he, he came up to me. He's like, can, can I get the work email on my phone? I'm like, oh, yeah, that's no problem. And I look at his phone, and I'm like, you have a Windows phone. What the frack? <laughs> Yeah, I can probably do this. Give me yeah. like an hour to figure it out. No, no. Uh, he had a Yahoo Mail app on his desktop and Yahoo Mail can do uh, okay. Gmail. Okay. So I just w I told him to go in through that app and that worked fine. I'm like, all right, good. You're done. <laughs> but still, I was like, Windows phone. Whoa. Yep. What? So I'm definitely not going to use Cortana now. I'm still not using Windows 10 for now. My home desktop is still a Windows 7 and will stay Windows 7. Oh, gosh. So uh, I had to go up to Holland because one of our guys had a Windows 10 laptop that he had updated from Windows 7 and the hard drive started to fail. Mm -hmm. So I thought, okay, this will be easy. I'll just make a hard drive clone and no problem. Uh-oh. Yeah, it seems Windows 10 had installed itself on another partition. <laughs> so I copied, you know, what I thought was the Windows partition. Uh -oh. But it wasn't working because Windows 10 was on another one. So I had to do a whole drive copy. Yep. And that's where, like, he was having problems in the boot records section. Yep. So that was, oh my gosh. Someone that was screwed just, with the MBR. Yeah. No, that was, and was even better was the fact that, okay, so then he got a bigger hard drive. Uh, Toshiba had set up the bigger hard drive. So there was the, there was uh a boot partition, the main partition of C where Windows actually was. Mm -hmm. And then there was two other partitions behind it. 
So they had, they had used up all four of the basic drive partitions, and they had organized them so you couldn't actually expand the one partition you wanted to expand because it was sandwiched in between smaller Two partitions. Ugh, you could have made a logical partition. I would have had to muck around with changing that thing from basic to dynamic, and I tried that once, and it, it, it failed. I don't know why it failed, but it wouldn't let me boot. It, it was just dumb all around, is what it was. And since he, you know, he had Windows 10, I couldn't even do any sort of Windows 7 recovery because, oh, it was bad. Yeah. All right. Let's get to the reviews. All right. It's my time. Yes. I get to review, and I would like to review Don't Starve Together. Is this like a cooking thing? No. So you perhaps have heard Don't Starve, right? No. No. Don't Starve is a survival crafting game. Okay. So it's, it's kind of like Terraria? Uh, kind of, but it's not so much that everything is destructible. It's that there's resources around the, the world. Okay. Uh, it's by Clay. K-L-E-I. Remember them? Yes. Mark of the Ninja? Yes. That, yes, that yes, Clay? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and it's a it's a survival game. So you're dropped into... It's almost like a, a Lovecraftian universe with that, that creepy vibe of sort of pseudoscience cultist thing. It's very dark. There's a day-night cycle. Uh, and if you don't have night, like if you don't have light at night, it's pitch black and you start taking damage from unseen horrors and bad stuff. So you, you need to survive. Okay. It's interesting. Um, there's also a sanity meter. <laughs> Okay. And so, like, as you see weirder and weirder shit, your sanity goes down. And as you get more tired, your sanity goes down. And then the game does start uh, kind of messing with you. So, like, there are enemies that you don't see unless you're a little insane. And then you start to see them. And then they start dealing damage to you because they interact with you. You don't. It's not just that you don't see them. You don't interact with them at all. Uh, but as you lose your sanity, you start to interact with them. This is, by the way, only the stuff I've managed to actually pick pick up from playing the game because there is no tutorial oh god in don't starve together i don't know if there is one for don't starve or maybe i just skipped the tutorial uh i i dove in with a friend she bought me a copy and we just started playing and died the first night because we didn't really know what was going on (laughs) (laughs) there's a crafting system and there's all these different pieces And, like, you have to go and find wood and grass and rocks, and you have to make tools, and all of your tools break. So, you know, in Terraria, you craft a mining pick, you have a mining pick forevermore. This one, not so much. If you craft a mining pick, it takes damage as you use it, and so it eventually just breaks. So you have to keep crafting tools and I, I, you, you die a lot. It's also a roguelike, so when you die, you die. Well, crap. I kind of enjoyed it. The thing is, there is no goal. The goal is it's to survive. It's to beat your your own clock. But that's hard for a lot of people. Like, that isn't a a motivating thing for a lot of people. It's well-designed. It's a clay game. They do a great job with their games. They put a lot of thought into it and how it works and what the mechanics are like. But not having that goal is pretty rough on a lot of people. Huh. That's, so that's that's it. So so this so there was the don't starve and then yeah. don't starve together is the multiplayer version. Gotcha. Okay. There are plenty of guides, but you, you have to go and read them. Uh, the wiki is not the most helpful thing. It's just it's a good game though. It really is. Huh. All right. I will keep that in mind. 
Actually, do I have that on Steam? Don't Starve? I might. Hold on. Let me look at my You should Steam. play it. Granted, I'm not sure the last time I opened Steam, I might actually have to update. So Uh-oh. I'll just cancel. Oh, there's also a huge, huge modding community around it, as there always is. <laughs> it's like, what game doesn't have a huge modding community around it? Uh, not many successful games. Okay, let's look. Starting with the Ds. Nope, don't have it. All right, that was easy. All right. Random topic? Yep. Random topic. What is the one food you never want to taste again? Again. Mm-hmm. So food that we had to have previously tasted. Yes. Now, my question is, um, does a beverage count as food? Yes. I mean, the, otherwise you get into a fine line of what's a soup and what's a drink. Well, this one was entirely a beverage because this was Coca-Cola. Uh, well, it's... Um, I mean, I'm trying to find out exactly what the name of it was. Rancid milk. I'd rather not taste again. Okay, I think I found out what it was actually called. I think it was actually called Beverly. Beverly? Yes. What is called Beverly? The um, Beverly was a product introduced into Italy in 1969. Okay. That was as a non-alcoholic aperitif. A-P-E-R-I-T-I-F. Yeah. Um, which are supposedly consumed before meals and are believed to aid in digestion. Okay. The 1971 ad for Beverly featured the slogan, Cold as Helsinki, sparkling as Rio, dry as El Paso. Okay. It tastes bad. What did it taste like? It was, it was so, like, bitter, and it was just, ugh. So, like, grapefruit skin? Kinda, yeah. Okay. I think I'm gonna go with rancid milk. When did you... Rancid milk? What? Yeah. When? Why? I... Because I was living alone in a, an apartment, and I poured a bowl of cereal, and I poured in skim milk. And when skim milk goes bad, it doesn't turn chunky. No, because there's nothing there to turn chunky. Right. So I poured out the skim milk into my bowl of cereal, and then I took a bite, and then promptly spit it out into the sink. Because the milk was like a week past due. <sighs> It was not a pleasant experience. I would not like to drink that or eat that or taste that again. Yeah, so by the no. way, tell me about trying Beverly. Like, what? what where were you when you tried this? Um, I was at the World of Coke in Atlanta. It okay. was the, the Coca-Cola Museum. Yeah. Um, and what, like so, someone just handed you a glass and said, try this? No, no. Near the end of it, they have a Coca-Cola tasting exhibit. So you can yeah. you can try different Coca-Cola products from around the world. Okay. So, you know, there's the classic. There's like Coca-Cola, Diet Coke, all the other stuff there. Yeah. But then there's also, you know, flavors from around the world. And I think there was, when I was there with Kate, there were kids trying it. And the kids were, you know, were just... So they would try it and they would say it's like spit it out and say it was horrible and I'm sitting there going like oh that's probably not that bad so I get some and I take a swig of it and I start to like literally like cough and gag <laughs> and there is a picture somewhere I love I love that thought like you see a bunch of people trying it and hating you're like I wonder what that tastes like yeah that that sums up Andy in a, a short story right there mm-hmm so there's a picture somewhere of me, like literally, like almost like doing like a like a like a cat hairball sort of face and noise. <laughs> that, yeah. Okay. A picture of you making that noise. That's fantastic. Well, well, no, a I, picture of me with that face, okay. like a, like a cat trying to get rid of a hairball. <laughs> yep. If it was video, you would have heard the noise as well. But yeah, no, that was it was bad. Okay. Okay. Uh, that's all I got. So yeah, if it was beverage. 
that's that would take the cake. Yep. So I know it's not food food, but that's close enough. So I uh, I guess that's a wrap then. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening. Thank you.